Hello and welcome to Stock Talk, a podcast series which brings together livestock specialists, vets and farmers to give you the tools you need to improve your business and embrace the future. Stock Talk is presented by myself, Robert Ramsey, and produced by Kirsten Blackwood as part of the Farm Advisory Service in association with the Scottish Government. So I'm joined today by George Chalmers, who works in our Turriff office, an SEC's Turriff office, and he is a, a general consultant and also a pig specialist. So uh, hello to you, George. Good to have you on. Basically, this podcast we've discussed, we've, we've uh, beef, sheep and dairy a lot, and we, we have maybe neglected uh, some of the other sectors. And obviously, pigs are still a hugely important sector for Scottish agricultural as a, agriculture as a whole. Um, just, I know, I see it as a, effectively as a lay person, we don't, I'm in the southwest and we don't deal with a lot of pig producers, but you do see it in the press and, and increasingly in the lay press as well, that, you know, the pig sector is under pressure. So can you give us a bit of an insight as to where the pig sector's at? Yes, Robert. Um, yeah, it's it's fair to say that it's been under quite a bit of pressure now for possibly the last 18 months or so. Um, there's a number of reasons for that. Uh, COVID-19 impacted on processors, which, and Brexit as well, there was a lack of staff, which meant that the, the throughput through slaughterhouses and processors was quite restricted. Uh, this, this led to a backup of pigs on farm. Uh, so farms are carrying a lot more pigs than what they, they they would normally have expected to do. These pigs are being carried to bigger weights. Uh, so that means pigs are, you know, the, the farms are having to use uh, more feed. And more recently, of course, the, the feed price, it's, it's started to rise. Um, and particularly since the Ukraine crisis kicked off, we've seen uh, big step changes in the grain price there. So... It's been, it's basically been one thing after another, really, for pig producers over the last eighteen months, and the gap between uh, the the price they receive and the cost of production, it just seems to have gotten wider and wider of late. Even though the pig price has improved recently, the you know the re- the the jump in the feed price has uh, you know it's 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 kept this gap, this black hole has just been maintained basically. I think a lot of the pig producers, it's uh, uh, just when they see that glimpse um, and maybe a light at the end of the tunnel, something else just comes and knocks them down again. Yeah, it really is tough times, and you know I think the rest of the industry had a fairly good period through COVID. You know we had a you know there was blips and it was a very worrying time for everyone, but on the whole trade for most agricultural products was was pretty good but i know that the pig guys had a were very exposed the processor thing so the processor story there was indivi- or breakdowns in individual um slaughterhouses that obviously had a knock-on impact is there a lack of processing capacity in scotland is that is that part of the problem um not really, no. Um, there is a big processing plant at Brechin, or a big slaughterhouse at Brechin, um, and there's a lot of pigs in Scotland uh, get uh, slaughtered and processed across the border. Um, that's gone on for a number of years. Um, so uh, that's that's not the, the biggest problem. Was during COVID, um, there was obviously COVID outbreaks and. Factories were struggling then to be, you know, have 
proper staff numbers, basically. I mean, uh, I think it was well written. You know, a slaughterhouse, cold, damp, that was perfect for the spread of COVID. So uh, that was obviously uh, contributing quite substantially to uh, the backlog of pigs. Mm-hmm. It just seems in, in the beef world, there was, or beef and lamb world, there was scope within, there was enough flex within the system that if one abattoir was down or had a COVID issue, there was scope to, to shift product into another another area. But as I say, it's not it's not my area of expertise and certainly a... You know, it's a, it's a, there's less less numbers. There's less numbers of specialist pig pig processors. There's, there's no doubt about that. And I suppose when there's less of them on the go, that puts pressure on the rest of them. Um, now, this is crystal a crystal ball question coming, George. So forewarned us, forearmed. But commodities, basically, as far as you know, pork has become a commodity, a, a global commodity, and, and we're dealing with a global market. We're seeing a spike in a lot of global commodities. You look at oil, you look at grain, you look at, you know, most commodities are, are really a, you know, there's a huge amount of inflation. Do you see a significant increase in the price of, of pork and, and pig meat going forward? Um, well, even if you look at it this year, uh, at the end of February, the SPP price, the standard pig price in the UK was about 137 uh, it's risen to low 170s now. That's just in the space of three, four months. And, you know, that that's a, that's a massive help to producers. Uh, like I said earlier, there's still that gap. And I think the producers and that will be hoping that this rise continues. Um, if you look wider, there's government support coming, certainly in Scotland. The Scottish government has, has offered some support. I think there's a total of about 1.8 million and there seems to be more support now coming from retailers and they seem to be starting to to speak more about offering support and some big numbers as well just to keep uh, the UK pig sector going basically. I think it's interesting at the moment we've had that interesting worrying all all emotions but we've had the conversation about food security with government and processors and and anyone who would listen for a long time and and I don't think that message really got home until the last you know probably covid kind of got it going but certainly the last few months you, you can feel a difference in particularly processor attitude is that you know how do you fill these shelves if the guys producing it aren't there you know it's 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 nice to see it whether it's going to be enough whether they whether they can do enough for the whole sector um you know, remains to be seen, but certainly there is a, you know, you can see it, that there's a, a change in attitude towards domestic production. I think, and I think the pig sector is a case in point, it's not just the, the, the 70, 80 or 100 odd businesses that produce pigs in Scotland. There are a lot of other businesses and people affected by it. Um, Certainly up here, there's not just the actual pig producers themselves. A lot of them support other farmers by uh, having pigs out in bed and breakfast accommodation, contract reared. So that's that's supporting other farming businesses. It's also an outlet for significant tonnages of grain and straw. Um, And you go further, 
you know, there's uh, the big processing plants at Brechin and I think even in Ayrshire. They're huge employers in those areas, areas that, uh, you know, perhaps jobs are harder to come by. So they are. Uh, they play a. The pig sector plays a massive role um, in supporting not just farming, but uh, also you know the food and drink sector in general. Yeah, yeah, and it's good to see you know Scottish government stepping up and putting some money into a largely unsubsidised sector as well. It's been that's a- true. It's it's not a sector that tends to get support. So it's uh, yeah, yeah, when it's needed, and I think the amazing thing so my experience here in Ayrshire was is more you know when it comes to a crisis like this it's you know we I always think back to 2016 uh, in the dairy world we had guys in nine pence a litre and we were basically asked to you know we were we were very involved with cash flows and, and supporting businesses through that period and at that time we simply could not square a circle you know there was no way of we had a cost of production that was way in excess of the the um, the market value of the product, and what amazes me now, and it really we talk about resilience a lot, and I, and I do believe there's nothing more resilient than an agricultural business when you look at what many of these businesses got through and are still, you know, they're now these guys that were in nine pence a litre, many of them, most of them are still milking cows and and are now receiving. 42, 44 pence a litre. So, you know, it's remarkable what can be done. And I think it's just having that, I suppose it's faith, isn't it, that your your system works, you're good at what you do, and you just have to knuckle in and get on with it. Yeah, the, the pig sector in the last, you know, well, for many years has, has made massive strides in terms of efficiency. Um, 15 years ago, the uh, numbers sold per sow would have been in the low 20s. That's now approaching 30. Um, you know, there's been improvements in terms of feed conversions, feed conversion ratios, and, and you know, all the way through growth rates. Uh, so the sector's done that side of it right. You know, it's done that side of it right. It's certainly not um, restaurants laurels at all. It's always striven to improve itself. Uh, but circumstances have just completely gone against it this time, and uh, it's it's very difficult one. Difficult times, but so. If we assume, George, if we, if I was a a large scale pig producer, and you're the consultant, what what would you say to me? What what are my options, or what what kind of tips could you give me just now to keep the lights on and keep the thing going? Um, the reality is, most of the the pig producers are perhaps closer to their their numbers than most other sectors. Most of them exceptionally good grasp of their uh, production costs. Uh, many of them are members of benchmarking groups, uh, which, you know, that's been on the go. You know, they've been in crises before, um, and it's something that's valued, having this close control of your business. Uh, they know that if grain's costing them an extra X, that's going to shove an extra Y onto their production costs. Um, as I said, they've, they've faced this kind of issues before. They, you know, even when you think about how how can you spread the risk, buy your grain at different times of year, buy some forward, buy some spot, etc. Many of them have, you know, obviously been doing that. However, one of the problems this time around has been that because pigs have been on the farm that wee bit longer, that's been eaten into their own grain. 
uh, or some of the grain they've maybe bought at maybe cheaper prices. They've had to come back into the market to keep feeding the pigs and pay this big prices now for pigs that are maybe going to be going away overweight. So, you know, it's it, as again, they've, they've been doing the right things, but circumstances have kind of gone out with their control. Very, very difficult. Um, I think one thing to highlight is the, you know, an outside set of eyes, and this certainly isn't us touting for trade or, um, you know, we are here to help and, and people that are in need of help, that's what keeps us in the job. So the thing to highlight, I suppose, is your ILMP and um, Farm Advisory Service support that's available. So there are funded options to get somebody in to give you help with cash flows with a scenario planning for the future as well. So there are, there are options there. And I'm sure, George, you would be happy to speak to people um, that are in need of a bit of help going forward. Uh, yeah, I think I think um, it, it was in the in the news today as well that that some producers are also making it clear to their their peers that uh, you know it, it's not a good time for them. Um, don't basically be scared to talk to to people. You know whether that is your peers, whether it's people in the trade, whether it's folk like ourselves, or um, just people generally, just to listen basically because mm-hmm. it can't be good week in week out um it's uh so i think that's, when you that's get, also important when you get that understanding that where your business is at is nothing to do with what none of this is your fault you know and, and i think that's when you when you discuss it with other people and, and discuss it with people that you respect and peers and you know people you look up to as well and you'll realize that everybody's in the same boat here and it's yeah um, it's going to be okay. It's going to have to be okay. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. it's you know the the next bit of the road is going to be a bumpy road, and you're certainly better going along that road with peers and people around you, and you know a, a support network. Yeah, they are a resilient bunch. Collaboration is much more common in the in the pig sector. Um, there's two main producer groups in Scotland. They do a lot for them. Um, so as I said, there is a lot of collaboration and a lot of communication internally within the, the pig producer groups and that and, and that that all helps um they do seem to look out you know for one another as much as they can yeah and i think probably as I, i've probably demonstrated here as a non-pig producer on a pig podcast there are no stupid questions you know there's um there's plenty to discuss and plenty um, certainly and i just hope you know for all involved and i would include the, cons- the consumer in there as well um, probably mostly the consumer is I do hope we can come to you know a, a sustainable point for the price that actually we can um, have a vibrant pig sector and, and supply good product into um, into the consumers that are still you know they're still demanding big levels of uh, pork and bacon yes oh, undoubtedly undoubtedly and um, you know a uh, there, there needs to be, you know, the the price needs needs to rise. It needs to keep rising, basically. Um, there's still a good, you know, forty p a kilo gap, forty fifty p a kilo gap between the, you know, between the cost of production and the, you know, the cost that they're receiving at the moment. So I mean, that's forty fifty pounds a pig. That's a, you know, that's a, that's a big gap to make up still. And, and, uh, and that, that needs to reduce pretty quickly. Yeah, and in these big places, the multiplier when you if you're losing fifty pound a pig over 
thousands. That's yeah, it's it's not long and running into money. But um, so yeah, George, that's been great. Today was just a brief update and a brief, you know, a, a whistle stop tour, I suppose, of where the the pig stories at. That's been brilliant. And as I said before, you know, there are there is lots of help available both on the FAS website and through the through the helpline as well. So if, if anybody has any issues or just needs a needs to talk about this the, the pig story, uh, we're here and we're really keen really keen to help. So uh, a big thank you to you, George. That's been that's been excellent. So I'm now joined by SEC nutritionist Karen Stewart, who's a friendly face of the podcast, a friendly voice of the podcast. She's been on quite a few uh, and this will be Karen's last one as an SEC nutritionist before moving on to exciting other things. So it's good to have you with us again, Karen. Uh, how are you today? Good, yeah, good. Thanks, Robert. Nice to be here again. Good, excellent. So the pig world, obviously, we're looking at costs and, you know, you don't have to go far. You turn on the television, turn on the radio and you hear about cost of living crisis and uh, people can't afford to buy food. And then you look at where we're at as an industry, as farmers, and particularly the intensive sectors, the pigs and the poultry, the cost inflation has been pretty dramatic in these sectors. So it was really at this stage just to get a bit of an update, a bit of a feel from you as to where the market's at and where where it's likely to go going forward as well. And I know that's a crystal ball discussion, but uh, you know we'll have a, have a stab at it and, and see what we can do. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right there with it being a crystal ball scenario because it really is all to play for and all up in the air. Um, speaking to people in the feed trade, um, you know, guys that have been in for an awful long time, you know, 30 odd years, they said they've never seen prices like this before. Um, it's the same with all sort of input, you know, other inputs like fertilizer and things. So, you know, for compound feeds for ruminants, you'll not get anything, you know, under £300 with barley obviously being, you know, the £300 sort of mark at the moment. Um, and it's all dictated by international supply and demand. Um, obviously, the, the Ukraine uh, war has put additional pressure um, on cereal prices because, um, you know, Ukraine is a big uh, exporter of um, wheat and, and barley um, and other cereals. And with the reduction of that, it has certainly increased the cereal price and, and tightened up supply. Um, you know, pessimistic news um, does make prices go up. Um, so this is very good if you're a, a barley uh, or a, a wheat seller in Scotland um, and it's certainly needed to cover the, the other high input costs but it's, it's bad news for feed prices when a lot of uh, feeds are, are based on cereals especially in the pig and poultry sector. Um, you know you hear reports I think yesterday some of the wheat futures dropped down with uh, um, reports of the UN uh, coming in to um, help get uh, cereals out of Ukraine uh, this year but you know, it's a fluctuating market, it's changing every day. Um, one of the biggest concerns, apart from uh, the war in Ukraine, is for like the soya production. In the US at the moment, they're planting soya. And uh, any bad weather reports, for example, can um, go quickly into the market. Um, you know, as I said, bad news um, hits the market quite quickly and then prices can go up. There's all sorts of things that affect uh, feed prices, um, likes of you know fund buyers, uh, the weather, um, bad news stories, um, yeah, lots lots of aspects there going on. Um, the soya prices fluctuated about the five hundred pound mark, and again, currency affects that as well. It's been drifting around that area in the UK, 
Um, and, and again, it's it's weather markets and, and uh, buying and, and selling in the funds that, that can affect these prices. It's funny how it's changed that £500 soya actually sounds like quite a good price. It's <laughs> no, not. It's, it's absolutely nuts, isn't it? It really... Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think that we're at this point, you know, and there was, you know, you talk about the pig and poultry sector, um, but there was, you know, in the dairy sector, trying to get above 30 pence a litre was never a possibility. And then now look at it, but it's much needed um, because of all these input prices. So what do you think, Karen? So if you're talking about, uh, you know, pigs and poultry, talk, you know, we're producing protein and globally there's a huge demand for this protein. Surely with a global commodity spike, the global price price of protein has to increase as well. You know that there surely has to be a bit of hope in the sector there that prices are going to have to adjust. Yes, to... you would think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see the supermarkets are you know they're sort of doing their bit, aren't they? Of uh, in, you know putting aid into the industry, but I suppose that's only so much you can do of that. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The thing I I think I admire about the the pig and poultry world the most, and it's possibly because it's it's easier to do. You know, producers know their costs. They properly know their costs, and and they they know they know when they're making money and they know when they're losing money. And you know, the the rest, the, the sector I'm more used to working in is a beef sheep and, and a, a bit of dairy as well. And and certainly in the beef sheep world, knowing those costs is a bigger. You know, it's we're not as good at knowing where we're at. And I think at the moment in the pig world, there is a risk that we throw the baby out of the bathwater, isn't there? That and there's a short a short term real scary bit and potentially or hopefully going forward there's a good bit to come as well indeed it's just really hard with the pigs and poultry because you know they're so dependent on cereals and and soya and that's the two things that are sky high it's um yeah there's not a lot of room there i suppose with ruminants you've got a chance to you know look at you know grass-based rations or other systems but with the pigs and poultry to to make money it has to be be fairly intensive mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And what's the thoughts? This really is the crystal ball question, but if we cast the net wider or, or look further forward, so into next year and, and maybe the year after, you know, are we good? Do you think we're going to see feed prices being ridiculously high in years to come, or do you think this is a, a spike at the moment? Oh, I've absolutely no idea. <laughs> so it's, as you said, crystal ball. The one thing I would say is that, you know, um, within the pig and poultry industry, a lot of, um, uh, you know, feed is bought forward. And I think at the moment, suppliers will probably be encouraging buying forward to a certain point. Um, and then, you know, waiting and see what happens with, you know, the war in Ukraine or the weather and these sort of things. But there'll be some guys who are contracted, um, you know, say from last year um, or early this year, maybe until to 2023, you know, so they're tied in already in prices, which is probably a good thing. Um, so going forward, it's, yeah, it's very, very difficult to say. But I think, um, you know, this next year and into this winter is going to be pretty tough. Mm-hmm. But really, it's a time just to hang in there and yeah. Know, I think the main the message is yeah. The main message is to keep in touch with suppliers, and that's what you know. Many of the pig guys will be or poultry guys will be doing anyway. But you know, and, and they have a an insight to what the, the the raw material markets are doing, so they can buy your feed at the best price possible. Um, and I suppose just knowing, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, if you get some bought at a set price, then you know what you're working with, don't you? You know, so it's not a surprise every month. Um, Yes, just. And I suppose the other p- 
person to keep in touch with, the group to keep in touch with, is your processor as well. And I know that the pig world yeah. is quite a small world, but having that relationship with the processor, you know, what is the price of port going to be going forward? Um, you know, where where is it likely to be in a couple of months' time? What's the outlook for this crop or the next one? Yeah, um, yeah. You know that communication is always the. It's never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, people might be tied into quite high price contracts just now, but hopefully over, overall in the next few years it'll average itself out, but it's it's just riding the storm at the moment, I think. And Karen, do you think in the future, so obviously soya is a big, pigs and poultry, big consumers of soya, are we likely to see a swing towards home-produced proteins and a, a move away from soya going forward? So, yeah, there is a sort of pressure to move away from soya for sustainability reasons. Um, however, a lot of soya now is grown um, under, you know, to try and be more sustainable and, and you know, has certification to, to sort of say that. So no deforestation and um, a lot of the, the importers of soya to this country are working hard um, to improve um, where the soya comes from and to make sure it's a, a viable crop for the people producing it and they're getting a fair price but also the environment is protected as well so although there is a sort of drive to move away from it it's it's very hard to beat um, on its uh, nutritional profile especially for pigs and poultry um, there's also you know synthetic amino acids that can be used um, and you know there's always work on, on home produce there's also some work going on about insects for protein and things so I think you know the research is happening um, but I think soya will always play a part um, that's my opinion anyway um, in pig and poultry rations. Yeah yeah certainly interesting across the board interesting times um, scary times in some ways but interesting times for the whole sector so Karen thank you very much for your time that's been really interesting uh, and yeah, we'll let you on with the rest of your day. Thank you very You're much. You're welcome. Nice to chat to you. If you enjoyed listening to Stock Talk, you may enjoy some of our other podcasts, such as Crofting Matters, which is a 12-part monthly show that discusses all things crofting in Scotland, including livestock management. You may also enjoy our new podcast, Agriculture, which tells the stories of some interesting and influential people in the agricultural industry. Just search Crofting Matters or Agriculture wherever you get your podcasts from. The Farm Advisory Service Podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government.